Lilana Oaks is the sheriff, the chief of police, the detective, the investigator, and the lieutenant in command for this episode. Let it be known. But before she took on all those hats, she was a daughter worried for her mother. You see, Lilana's mother disappeared 20 years ago and it never sat right with her. But now that she's old enough, nothing is going to stop her from finding her mom. We are your hosts, Sherry Ferreira and Helen Allen. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. I just have to say what an entrance. I mean, from the top. Make it drop. I'm congratulating. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, but for real, though, I mean, what a person you want on a police force, right? A person that has, like, like a, a passionate stake in finding the answers for the victim. Oh, and she does. She does. I can't wait for this episode. I mean, of course, I think it's going to be a tragedy. You already warned me ahead of time. but Thank you for the segue, Helen. I would just like to give a disclaimer. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I know I like to say a lot on this podcast that the whole podcast itself is a trigger warning, right? But for this episode, it does get very heavy. So trigger warning, trigger warning for sexual abuse of children and also assault. Feel free to listen. I don't like this. I know. And for those of you who came on this week hoping for something lighter or this is just too heavy, feel free to listen to our lighter episodes. Um, By the time this is out, we would have already put out D.B. Cooper and also the Minion Cult. Oh, that was a damn mess. (laughs) Minion Cult? That's what I keep calling it. I think that's what made one of my, um, like, mutuals, I guess. I don't know what to call it now. Um, follow us on Instagram, because I called it the Minion Cult. Oh, is this coming out before or after Ramon's case? Um, before. <laughs> oh, okay, well then tune in next week, because Sherry and I are on different Oh my pages. god, guys, <laughs> it gets so toxic. Sherry, Sherry I, and I had our first fight after On this air. <laughs> like, I was like, Sherry, <laughs> I hate this case. So anyway, this will be a nice change of pace because we'll be on the same page about this one. Yeah. But it is a heavier case. So if it's not your drive, go ahead and move on to something different. Let's get started. So this week we're in Verona, Kentucky. Never heard of it. Have you? Um, no, but I haven't heard of most places in Kentucky. (laughs) You wouldn't? So I don't think that's (laughs) saying much. Although I have been to Kentucky. I've been to Chavez, Kentucky. It's part of Appalachia. Um, yeah, I did some service there. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm sort of a world traveler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not surprised you haven't heard of Verona, Kentucky, because it only has a population of 500. Oh. At least at the time this Forensic Files episode aired, it only had a population of 500, but very, very small town. That's like my graduating class was like close to 500. So just to put that into perspective, it's not a lot. At all. The center of town has a four-way stop, a one-room city hall, and a popular restaurant called Mr. Hurd's where all the locals would, like, meet up. I want to be a local there. I do not, because as the narrator is saying this, we see a truck pass by with a Confederate flag on it. Oh, never mind. Yeah, and I was like, um, are we not going to, like, are we not going to, like... We're just going to pass over that? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We'll keep going. It's fine. Mm. 
When are we going to stop honoring the Confederacy, huh? I don't know. Some people just can't let go, you know? It's just a little too crazy. <laughs> John Lawrence didn't fucking die for us to still honor the Confederacy. Get it out of here. Any chance for Hamilton? <laughs> Any chance? <laughs> sure, you know, he was a real man, too. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, like, he wasn't. You're like Trisha Paytas. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I know all about my history from Hamilton, and honestly, kind of true. I mean, I have a bone to pick with Lin-Manuel Miranda for not making more of those, so I know more about the world's history. I'm like, maybe if they showed this The in only class. thing I know about is the Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I know about, and it's because of Hamilton. It's October 11th, 1980, and Marlene Oakes is in a heated argument with her husband, Bill Major. Bill Major also was going by the name William. In my research, he was going by both. Sherry, William is the full name. Bill is the nickname for William. Is it real? Is Bill a nickname for William? Sherry, (laughs) you're learning so much today. Well, I mean, I just don't know. That's so backwards. Well, it's a pretty white ass Well, so don't worry. There we go. All right. Marlene and Bill have been married for nine years, and together they have two kids, a four-year-old named Lalana and an eight-year-old boy named Donald. It's a Saturday night, so by this time, the kids are tucked away in bed and not really aware of everything that's going on. And just to give you guys some background, Marlene and Bill did have an open marriage thing going on. Marlene was having an affair with a man named Glenn St. Hilaire. And what's even weirder is that he worked for Marlene's husband and lived in a trailer on their property. Okay, so interesting. Um, Is Bill also experiencing other women? Well, it was rumored that the reason okay well it was rumored that bill had a girlfriend at the time okay so bill was also said to have like encouraged marlene to have this affair to the point that this man lives on their property i don't know if it's to the point that he lives on her property or if it was just like a happenstance i don't know like he said yes to it one time and then she like (laughs) took it way too far (laughs) and he's like oh he's he's moving in now oh that's him in the backyard hi um no, no, whenever you get the chance, let's just go over what we said before. I make the best eggs uh, in the morning. Okay. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll see you. Okay. Um, do you, do you always get your then. newspaper? Okay. Do you... uh, we actually don't subscribe I do. to it. Do you, yeah. you, you want the news? So yeah. I'll go order the newspaper. Um, And you're yes. having sex with my wife. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Okay, in my yard? <laughs> great. Okay, thank you. I don't know that I... Is he cool? He was... Maybe I'm traditional. Like, maybe I'm the weirdo. And you know what? If it's consensual, I don't know. Which is what it seemed like. Like, they were both aware of the situation, so it's... Mm -hmm. That was the way it is. Now, according to Bill, the argument was so heated that Marlene got into her car and drove away to cool off. Bill also says that he was so upset that he spent the whole night driving around to look for her, but it was of no use. Marlene was gone. Hmm. Police immediately look at Bill and Glenn, but when they were questioned, they denied having any involvement and said they had no idea where Marlene went. Like, she just, it just seemed like she got in her car one day and drove off. It should be noted that Marlene left without taking any personal items. This is especially concerning because she had gone to the doctors a week before and had been prescribed allergy medication. As a person. I was just gonna say. Only you know how important that is. (laughs) 
I can't relate to needing allergy medication. But guys, you... the way I the way I rolled up my metaphorical sleeves and propped myself up to this mic, you do not leave the house without your allergy medicine. I'm allergic to everything and anything and let me tell you what i always have on hand a claritin and a benadryl and that is it (laughs) you guys she's not exaggerating i'm not my house is literally matt is the cleanest human being on this planet and it is spotless in my house and i have a rug a, a carpet in my bedroom that we vacuum like three times a day and sherry's still suffocating by the end of the episode wheezing (laughs) gasping for air like So I do not for one second doubt that this allergy medication may be very dire. And it's prescribed to her. So it's like the serious stuff, Helen. You don't get it. You just don't get it. (laughs) Right. And it could be like a seasonal inhaler, you know? Don't. If it's an inhaler, then I'm. I get it. I don't. Trust me. I'm sympathetic. I'm not empathetic. I don't truly know what it's like to be in those shoes, but I understand it. But she, another thing besides the allergy medication, may I add, that maybe seems more important to me, and listen, I don't want to overstep, I know your allergies <laughs> are bad, but children, she didn't leave any note or anything, she just left without yep. them, so I'm assuming she meant to come back. We will get into that. Okay. Marlene I- also left behind all of her jewelry her driver's license, and social security card. Police found no evidence of a struggle and had really, like, nothing to go on. But Bill told the kids that their mother had essentially abandoned them. And Lilana recalls him telling her and her brother that her mother was a drug addict and an alcoholic, a prostitute, and that she did not care about them. Bill expressed... This is coming from from Bill, Yeah, the from Bill, the father. Okay. Now, Bill expresses that he believes Marlene ran off and left with another man and starts really pushing this narrative to police as well. But like I said, there is like no evidence to go off on. So they're really stuck. Kentucky officials look everywhere for Marlene, but there was re- like, like I said before, there's nothing to go off of. They have no idea where to even start looking. I mean, they start a little bit like around the um area but i mean the town's of 500 people you know if it's like yeah it's hard right a week later bill moved him and the kids from kentucky to rhode island which is his hometown and it's also where his parents lived that's a very fast get up and no very fast what's even faster is that a year later he remarries (gasps) damn and as for glenn who is you know the man marlene was also having a relationship with the man who lives in their yard he stays Yeah, the man who lives in your yard. He's still there. He stays in Verona and took a job at a local factory. Okay. Life went on, and for 20 years, no one knew a thing. But that is until Lalana steps in. Now, Bill is a human garbage, sorry excuse, waste of a human. And that's a fact. Well, he didn't sound great. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Because here's the deal. I know what you're about to tell me is probably heavier, but, like, when I was growing up and I would witness my parents fight, my parents never fought huge fights, but every marriage there's disagreements. Of course. And any time my parents would have a disagreement, if my parents even got a whiff of one of the kids taking a side, even when they were mad at the other parent, they would be like, 
no, don't fight my battles for me. That's your dad. You respect him. Or that's your mom. You respect her. They would never pit us against them. No matter how bad it ever gets, you should never, if they are a good person, you should never pit your child against their other parent. You know what I mean? That's the way to do it. So already hearing that Bill is, like, talking shit to his kids who just lost their mother... It to me, I'm like red flag. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like now, these kids have to carry the baggage of like, I don't know what the fuck happened to my mom, but also my dad hates her. You know what I mean? Like that's sad to do to kids. And Milana was saying like, who else was she like going to believe? Like this is the person like taking care of her. Like what else are they supposed to believe? Of course. It's an abuse of power as a parent. Lalana and her brother growing up were going through some very, very heavy situations, which I will explain. Lalana recalls one time seeing her dad beat Donald so bad he couldn't pick himself up off the floor. And in the episode, it flashes to a picture of Donald from a very young age, could not have been older than five with a black eye. Oh my God. Lalana and Donald would miss school on several occasions because of their visible bruises. And it's so heartbreaking and equally infuriating, just like as a person who was listening to all this. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, Bill did remarry and Lalana and Donald confided in their stepmom that Bill was sexually abusing both of them and had also threatened them. The stepmom did come through and call police. And I was so quick in my research to be like, thank God, like, who is this woman? But I was still angry. So (laughs) in my notes, it's chaotic as hell. I'm like, thankfully, so far, we'll see. Everyone is on thin fucking ice. You know what? There is no ice. Everyone's on my shit list this episode. Absolutely. Because I'm like, I have my like red flags are standing straight up. I'm on high alert because I'm like, just a year ago, she was madly in love with this man who was sexually abusing his kids. So as much as I'm grateful she said something, she's still on thin fucking ice to me. Thank you. Because <laughs> what made her fall in love with that man? Right. And I'm not, I'm not, she's, she's probably a victim as well. But you know what? I, I Until I see the evidence, I, I don't care. I don't care. But I'm I sorry. throw every adult victim out the window as soon as a child is at risk. For, because that yeah, is. That is the priority. Oh my God. You know what I mean? They come first to fix the. The damage. Right. Now, Bill is eventually arrested for first-degree sexual assault, and Alana prayed that they kept Bill under arrest because she knew that if he did get out, that he would kill them. Like, he was very threatening and all that horrible shit. And to me, that is... No wonder she went into the police force. She needed protection. Well, she doesn't act. She's not an actual detective. Oh, Sherry, you tricked me. <laughs> She just did such a good job of, like, finding out what happened to her mom. I was like, she is the detective. She is the police captain. She is the investigator. You know what? She's that damn secretary in the corner with the cup. You know what? (laughs) Even better. Because I bet that police force in that fucking janky-ass Kentucky town with the Confederate flag, and I'm sorry if you guys are from that bitch, but seriously, I'm sure she would have had a hell of a time on that police force. Right. So I'm glad she didn't even have to bother. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) She's so good. Okay. But to me, that... I. I got a, I got a little tangent, a little side note, is a whole other conversation. Like, it pisses me off when these freaking lowest of the low rapists get, like, 10 years 
for doing the most horrible thing. And then someone who's like gets caught on a drug charge gets life. Right. Or like somebody who ends up killing their spouse that's been abusing them for 20 years. I mean, right. we, I know you're. <laughs> You're only laughing because of the context because we were literally just talking about this. But, like, literally, people get life in prison for killing their spouse that was abusing them for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, while I don't say that that's wrong or right, I say, where is the justice here? Thank you. Because a charge for a sexual abuser should be just as big. Thank you. And, you know, the very next sentence is, Bill was sentenced to 15 years in prison, and I get so angry. In all caps. When did he get out? I go... When did he get I out? I think it... Because they were probably like, good behavior. <laughs> Give him a good three years. He served 11 years. Oh, good. Well, not good. Still too le- too little. But at least it's not like, he was so good for two minutes and a half. Yeah, and like, so we yeah. got him out. Because <laughs> sometimes that shit happens too. But anyway... <laughs> I'm mad at things I shouldn't even be mad at right now. <laughs> You're just ready to pounce on every mad, anyone right? who seems remotely suspicious. <laughs> Which is good. We need that energy. Yeah. It's always my energy. Even when we're not <laughs> delivering episodes, I'm just walking no, on the literally. street. I'm just sitting at at the pool. I'm like ready to Writing fucking... D- have, have, pulls out a list of license plates from your notes app. That's what you're doing at the pool. <laughs> you guys, I actually do that. If you didn't listen to the episode... <laughs> You fucking be careful, because your license plate might be in my notes app. You watch it, all right? I need more people like you. You even make me feel a little bit skeeved or, out. Or the, and I'm or writing the your license plate. Oh my god! Don't try me. Don't try me. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to say that I will never be murdered, but they will always be able to find you're gonna out make a damn. Har- you're going to make it harder than it like it would be regularly, that's for sure. <laughs> Now, at this point, Lalana is now nine years old and Donald is 13 years old. They are sent back to Kentucky to live with their maternal grandmother, and Lalana has some questions for her. Now that she is out of Bill's custody and she is old enough, she can finally ask the question that's been bugging her since she was little. What happened? Where is her mom? mom? Oh. Exactly. We know that Bill wasn't giving them a straight answer, and she would have not gotten anything from him if she did even go to ask, you know? Right. So she's thinking maybe her grandma knows something after all these years. So she finally does ask, and her grandmother says that Marlene is dead. She's been dead. And she also says that she thinks that her father killed her. Oh, my God. Marlene's grandmother thinks that Bill killed Marlene. But the only issue is that no one can prove it. There's no evidence or there's only ever been this suspicion, this gut feeling, you know? So Lalana is like, bet mm-hmm. I'll take it from here. Grandma, you want some soup? I'm going to take it from here. It's fine. It's fine. Lalana's nine, right? Nine, years, nine years old. Years old. <laughs> Why is she smarter than I'll ever be? No. <laughs> Lalana obviously me? can't do anything right now because she's nine. But, I, but she's on her way. She's she is on, on her, her way. way. Like, it does not leave her thought. I can't imagine that it ever left. She's her asking thought. all the right questions. I, mm-hmm. Oh my god, she's brooding. She's gonna figure it out. I love her. That is badass energy. A nine-year-old being like, what mm-hmm. happened to my mom? Tell me what you know. Right? I'm, I'm like, we're on our way to the local Don't you worry, Grandma. Grandma, I'm gonna get justice for us all. She's like, is that a Confederate flag, by the way? I see a Confederate flag. That You know what? That's you know next. Good. I'm a little busy right now, right. but I'm coming for that no, fucking Confederate literally. flag next. <laughs> Well, Lana's going to fix the entire town of Verona, Texas. I mean, Verona, Kentucky. I trust her. I trust her. 
So, like I said before, Lilana can't do anything right now because she's nine, obviously. But when she does turn 20, she is given access to all of her mom's cold case files. And after looking through it, she finds her mom's diary and in it a little clue. So, I know, right? So, there was a particular entry that hinted at her mom knowing Bill's secret. There was a note that implied her mother had found out what Bill was doing to Donald. Like, she had physically walked in on it and caught and caught it. Marlene wrote that when she found out, she died inside. So she warned Bill not to touch her, not to touch Donald ever again, and that if he did, she would kill him. Mm. Now, Marlene never told anyone about this um, discovery, but she did keep it all in her diary. Lilana also found evidence that her mom was in the process of getting a divorce. In one of Marlene's entries, she says that because she has this, like, secret on Bill that he'll sign the divorce papers. And if he doesn't, that she'll go to his mom. Because that's the last thing he'll want is for his mom to find out. Oh, she gonna run to his mommy. Mm-hmm. Like a little bitch that he mm. is. There is nothing better than a grown man being afraid of his mommy. That is pussy-ass energy. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's like, and no, I won't go to the police. I'll go to your fucking mommy. <laughs> I'm shaking in his back. Marlena! <laughs> that with is bad bitch energy. She's like, I won't even fuck with the police. I'm going straight to your goddamn mother. Alana <laughs> is thinking that this secret of him being an abuser is what motivated him to kill her mom. Alana starts by interviewing everyone who had ever known her mother, including Glenn. Now, Glenn had a lot to say. He says that Bill once... I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah. He says that Bill once said that if her mother had ever tried to leave him and take away the kids, then he would kill her, and that he knew how to commit the perfect crime. Lilana also discovered that just a year after her mother disappeared, a hunter had found a human skull in a rural tract of land, and it was found only a mile from where they lived. Unfortunately, the bone was too degraded for DNA analysis. Like, there was no teeth or jaw, so dental comparisons were impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, the hunter would have found it in 1981, so I can't imagine how many tests they could have run or what they could have even found. Right. But Lilana is convinced. that this is her mother's skull. So convinced that she even goes back out to the area where the hunter found the skull and she starts digging around herself. She's like, if I can just find one thing, like I can like help find these answers and bring peace. This is so devastating. I just cannot imagine like having to go to these lengths all by yourself because for 20 years you've never had a goddamn answer. I know. That's why I said she is the commander-in-chief. She is the police. She is the detective. Strip everybody in that little-ass town of their dignity and their names. I She is all of everything that that town needs. That's Truly. it. That sentence didn't make any sense. I don't care. Team Lalana. That's it. Team Lalana. Team Lalana. Mood. No, unfortunately, she did not find anything from digging around, but she's still motivated. She's like, that's fine. We can, there's still more. And it's all seeming like um, dead ends. But guys, at this point, Lalana is 20 years old and it's the year 2001. So it's a lot of new technology, like new forensic testing. 
With all these advances, Alana is hoping that they can identify who the skull belongs to. And like I said before, it was really badly degraded. Like, there is no face, no jaw. It's only, like, the top of the skull, which had a distinct bullet hole on the top. The medical examiner was able to determine that the bullet came through the face and out the top of the skull, and they were even able to narrow down what type of weapon could have caused this injury. One of them was a 9mm pistol which is the same weapon Bill used to carry at his home. After examining the skull in 2001, forensic anthropologists confirmed the skull belongs to a Caucasian female. To which I'm like, how? Like, how? You can tell all that from that? They're like, just looking at that shit. I knew she was white. Right? <laughs> I'm going to blow, I'm gonna blow up my mic. I'm literally going to blow up my mic. They're like... Actually, it was right next to, like, a little cheese board. <laughs> Whitest shit I've ever seen. So, in that moment, in that moment we, knew. we knew. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were also able to say that it belonged to a woman who was around 30 years old. And mind you, when Marlene disappeared, she was 25. So, it's kind of close. Okay. Um, one characteristic that they say helped them to determine that the skull belonged to a woman instead of a man was the lack of a brow ridge. They say that usually in males, it's more oh. defined and it protrudes more. But this one was not like that. I wonder if all of this stuff... I'm not trying to discount it because I'm really happy that these like strides are being taken. But I wonder how actually valuable this type of science is. Because like there's tons of different races that have similar and different features and like... You know, not always are you going to be able to look at the features on a face and be like, oh, that person was white or, oh, that person was black or, oh, that person was Asian. Like, I just don't feel like, I don't know. It's so interesting to me. And what about a skull would be so defining of those features? And then on top of that. And and not an entire skull. like Right. And like not even an entire skull. Exactly. And it's not like it was put there yesterday. It's like very much degraded by now. And then on top of all of that. Knowing, like, oh, the brow ridge. It's like, but what if it was a woman with a big That's what brow? I was thinking. Uh, when they said that, I touched my brow. I was like, is mine protrude? Like, all we can hope for is that when I die, they don't look at my skull and be like, that was a man. Embarrassing. <laughs> because Embarrassing. of that damn brow ridge. Keep, don't find me. I'm in heaven, like, humiliated. I'm like, you know what? Don't find me. It's fine. You know what? It's actually fine. Don't yeah. look into it at all. I don't want to know what you're going to say about my brow ridge. Just like picturing a bunch of like know-it-alls in a white coat surrounding me and being like, mm, from the brow ridge, this is definitely a male. Like, come on. Uh. I know. It's like, <laughs> please. <laughs> now, the skull also had evidence of someone tampering with it. Back when in 1981, when the skull was discovered, there were signs that someone was like deliberately messing with it to stop it from being identified. At the base of the skull where the jaw sort of like inserts, there were small cut marks where it looks like someone was trying to sever the ligaments that attached the jaw to the rest of the skull. Oh my god. Wait, what did Bill do for a living? Don't know. Oh. Don't know. He wasn't like a doctor no. or anything. No, 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 no. scientist. No. So he was just a freak. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, yeah. That's all I needed. And, you know, like I said before, thankfully by this time, scientists had found a way to extract DNA from fossils that were, like, thousands of thousands of years old. And this skull was only around, like, 20 years old at the time. So this was a really good sign. Like, if you could, if you can trace it all the way back from thousands and thousands. I mean, we know what dinosaurs looked like. <laughs> you have, have you ever seen that meme that's, like, 
for all we know, dinosaurs could have looked like this. And it's like a picture of like a, a brontosaurus wearing like that's big. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it before. <laughs> because how would we have known? Um, <laughs> like years ago, I tweeted that Shut being up. like, I want to know what Ross <gasps> thinks of this. Yeah. Friends. yeah. Oh, the little <laughs> show called Friends. Yeah. All I was going to say is, yeah, if we fucking know about dinosaurs, I would hope that we can do this. Yeah. So scientists were able to um, extract DNA, like I said, from fossils. So they would extract DNA from the mitochondria that lives outside of the nucleus. They found that this is way easier to test, but mitochondrial DNA is passed to children only from the mother. So it limits the amount of info they could really gather. Marlene's family were going all out trying to pay for this new testing. It would cost them um, $20,000, and one of Marlene's sisters was even trying to cash in her retirement to pay for it. Oh my god. That is such sweet family energy. Like, right? I'm like, she is a ride or die. I love her. What's her name? That's true, yeah. Now, thankfully, Damn. they didn't have to because con- it says in the episode that Kentucky officials changed their position and decided to pay for it themselves. So I don't know if that insinuates that they weren't willing to pay before or if they refused. So for all my forensic girlies, prepare to feel seen. Who, me? So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> after I was like, what if Thornathors had wigs on? <laughs> So they took a tiny bone fragment and froze it with liquid nitrogen. From there, they crushed it into a fine powder and placed it into a vial with the DNA concentration buffer. The sample was then amplified, creating millions of copies of the DNA, so there was a sufficient amount to be tested. Technicians then used a computer to compare the mitochondrial DNA sequences of the skull to that found in Lilana's saliva. So basically, they were just looking at two pictures of DNA and matching it up and seeing, is this a familial match? Could this have been her mother? Okay. And when compared, it was an exact match. 21 years later, they had found Marlene. Lalana says she felt like taking out, like, a full-page ad in the newspaper to say, my mom, like, my, she didn't abandon us. Like, she was murdered. You guys have it all wrong. I love that for her. The, I mean, of course it's, like, still she doesn't have her mom. But at least the the closure of being, like, now we move forward and we find out what the fuck happened to her, but we know for a fact that my mom didn't ask for right. this. You know, she didn't ask to just leave us. Because I'm sure in the back of her mind she was always thinking, but, like, what if she did just not want to be with us? Maybe she was so afraid that she did leave, and now she's like, no, for certain, she didn't leave on her own. Yeah, she didn't leave, you know. Accord. Exactly. It's not like what Bill was like freaking telling everyone. Oh, she been she did not abandon her kids. The diaries also was a big piece of evidence because they suggested motive. Mm-hmm. Bill was like really afraid that this would get out, so this is a really good piece of evidence. And Lana's like, okay, check found my mom. Now to put this sorry excuse of a human behind bars. Let's go. Um, it's only twelve. Let me Let's get a quick lunch. This, um, do you guys want anything? <laughs> like she's yeah. On it. She's like it's pretty early in the day, and I'm already almost there to solving this murder. So, um, does anyone need a snack or something? Right. I'm going to the <laughs> That's exactly how I picture her. Like just no, you don't through. want a snack. Okay, I'll be right back, and then I'll just finish doing your jobs. <laughs> no problem. Be right back. 
Prosecutors conclude that Marlene's murder was premeditated, and this is based on the evidence found on her skull and also the diary entries. They also think that Bill killed Marlene with his handgun, then dismembered her body to remove all traces of identification. They think that Bill buried Marlene in several nearby sinkholes, disposed of the gun, and pushed her car into the Ohio River. That way he can say that, you know, she just drove off, like, where's the car? They also think this because Bill was bragging about doing this to several people and also saying, you know, he knows how to commit the perfect murder. So it's like, okay, genius, tell me more while I pull out my tape recorder. Like, how smart can you be? Right. Seriously. Bill's own father gave them the last piece of evidence they needed, and it was a full-out confession from Bill himself. Bill's dad said Bill fully confessed to the murder during a conversation they had over five years ago. So from that day forward, he disowned his son and told police, but police didn't have any hard evidence. Like, five years ago, imagine, like, hearing, like, oh, like, he confessed. Like, there's actual, like, proof besides, like, the rumors we've been hearing. Right. But still, they had no evidence. And it's because they didn't have Lalana. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Um... <laughs> of course it is. Now, Kentucky has a rule, that, like the state of Kentucky has a rule that says a defendant's statements are not enough to um, convict them on. So you must have something else to corroborate that statement. So for those couple of years, all they had was that statement. But still, Bill's dad tried to offer his help in any way that he could. Kentucky officials said, okay, that's fine. Here's a tape recorder. Get him to do it again. And slam dunk because we already have the evidence now. He does. Okay. And Bill just, like, sings like a canary. What a dumb bitch. Mm -hmm. He is promptly <laughs> arrested and charged with Marlene's murder. And at the time, he was in Massachusetts because, like I said, he only ended up serving 11 years of that 15-year sentence. So while he was being extradited back to Kentucky, he confessed to the local sheriff. Mm -hmm. And here's where I have an issue. Bill said some stuff that was way out of his league. Apparently, he said, quote, killing that girl meant nothing. It'd be like me getting up every morning and tying my shoes. Okay. To which I said, you... F Excuse me. I was like, you know damn well that you are shaking in your goddamn boots that she would expose you for the piece of trash that you really are. You were scared, you were nervous, and you were timid as hell. She was going to go to your mom. Have you cried like a little bitch? Yeah, she was going to go to your goddamn mommy. That's what I was going to say. Like, absolutely not. You weren't fucking so afraid every second of every day. I just wanted to say that because you don't get to get away with that. Not in our podcast. Absolutely not. I'm sorry, but he's afraid of his mommy. Right. <laughs> now, Lalana says that her mother ultimately died trying to protect her and her brother and that Marlene was actually trying to get them away from her father in that whole situation. She thinks that she was trying to protect them, not... Oh, I totally believe that. Yeah. Like, she was trying to protect them, not abandon them. Yeah. Of course. Now, unfortunately, they couldn't recover um, the car that he pushed into the Ohio River because Bill does end up confessing to doing all of those things of dismembering her body, putting in nearby sinkholes, and pushing the car into the river. Now, like I said, they couldn't uncover the car or any more bones, um, but Bill's confession was enough. It took the jury 43 minutes to find Bill guilty of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. Absolutely. Hell yeah. The episode says that Lalana's passion is really what brought this case to a close. And one thing that they do say in the episode that I 100% agree with is that science is way smarter than criminals. Like, Bill did this thinking that, like, 
oh, in 20, they're never going to know. How could they know? And 20 years later, boom, the science was there to help them put him away in jail. Yeah. And just like every single thing that you think you know in this moment, in a few years, science is going to know more than it. So don't even fucking try it. But if you do try it, just know that they're going to get you. No, but also, I was going to say, the only thing riding with me this whole episode was the consolation of knowing his charges when he initially went to prison and knowing what his life must have been like there. Oh, 100%. Because they don't fuck around with people like that in prison. Oh, they don't. Even the worst of the worst don't fuck around with that and shit. And they find out. You could try to hide yeah. it, but they fuck find you, out. Fuck you, Bill. Truly. Hope he got everything he deserved in there. Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod, Twitter at the Chalkline Pod, and follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.